What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another special episode of Roll for Damage, a D&D 5th edition live play podcast, but we still are playing. This is a continuation of last week. We're introducing you to the new map that we're going to be playing our next campaign on. We're making sure you guys are uh, got a little background information, got a little knowledge of the world wherever we go, and you guys can kind of get into it and think about uh, where you want us to go or where you hope we go or what kind of things you hope to see. Uh, last time we listed off Brubor, Itrix, and Aben, uh, some kingdoms within this hemisphere, and today we're going to be hitting up uh, Latoon, Arath, Otis, and Vaybrun, uh, some other kingdoms within this uh, hemisphere. My name's yep. Austin. Uh, I don't play anybody here. I am just uh, sitting here talking to my buddies. One of them is the DM, the guy who makes everything up. And the other one is Reese, another player. And we're just going to be grilling this DM for you guys. And we're going to be fucking Get getting, the the in, getting the inside scoop. So, you guys have any preference where we start? Leave it um, up to you guys. Maybe like geographically, since we did the left side of the map before, we should just like keep going in order, I guess. Sure. Like go platoon since we finished this. Oh, this, this guy. This guy's from Latoon, so he wants to start with Latoon. Of course. Oh, uh, he's so... not from Latoon. He just lives <laughs> there. Okay. Oh, so... he lived in Latoon, so we start with Latoon. This fucking guy. Yeah, let's go to Latoon. Uh, Latoon is the southern part of this map we have the map by the way is uh hopefully gonna be up roll for damage.squarespace.com you can go check out we have one big map and then uh we have maps for each individual region you can go there and check it out hopefully you got it in front of you or you've seen it and you can kind of think about what you've seen we'll try to describe the best we can latoon uh looks like uh dense jungle looks like jungle everywhere yeah, sweaty ball territory for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, why don't you take us through Latoon? It looks like uh, uh, we got quite a bit going on. Uh, what I'm uh, just I'll just let let you uh, let you let you handle it for now. We'll see what you got. Okay, so Latoon is made up of ten very vastly different uh, guilds. That's the short answer to everything, you know, you have, uh, for example, you have the Mulharland, which is a uh, very um, policed uh, region of Latoon. There's uh, laws almost damn near everywhere. You know, if you sneeze, you might have to apologize to someone because you offended them. You know, that's Mulharlan. And then you have the Fallbraids, which is a very uh, different place. It's very wild. There's a lot of stuff that they just let fly. You know, there's no problem if, you know, for example, for a sneeze, someone might tell you a good one. Or if you fart or burp, you know, it might be a female elf that's just like nice. You know, everywhere or every uh, guild is very different from one another, even its neighbors. You know, Fallbraids is different from to run. To run is a, a more militarized place where, you know, they, they guard the Erath border. And so they have to be militarized a little bit more than Fallbraids and Ethereal. It's just, you know, pick your poison and I can tell you a little bit about each one of them. One thing that's I don't think we. Oh, that's where uh, that's where Horbus lives. Yandala. Yeah. Yandala, it's a very learned city. Uh, almost, uh, like every brilliant. Uh, I don't want to just uh, limit Yandala, but for Yandala, uh, general theme is they're very learned. You know, there's uh, libraries in the cap. The capital castle is actually. A library and it goes underground even about 
I don't know. I'll roll a dice on it, so I'm not going to say for sure how far underground it is. But they're learned. You know, the wizards go there to learn how to do magic. There's a school of uh, literal school of magic, kind of like we did with Lepeth and Yandala. There's a school specifically for spellcasters. And I'm not going to discount Yandala. They have their warriors too. They have their fighters. They have their barbarians of Yandala. But for the theme of Yandala, it's a very learned place. Everyone says, excuse me and please and thank you. And they're polite people there as well. So that's Yandala in a nutshell. I don't think we hit this in the last episode, but uh, I guess we could do a whole one about politics and stuff. And you said Tehrun has the military at the Irath border. Is that because Irath is fighting with these uh how's how do these guys uh how does latoon it seems like they're fighting on both sides of like because they have the warring border on their left side yeah or west side and they have the Arath border which you said they have to patrol so maybe they're not actively fighting but do they like not get along with people or like what what's going on there uh with the wrath or the war border uh both it just seems like uh latoon is like fighting you know Oh, Latoon is more fighting with itself because they're so different and they have different philosophies about everything. It's more uh, infighting than it is outfighting besides the war border. The war border is the only thing they agree on is that they have to push west. That's a big country or a big continent over there with a lot of land. And so they all agree, you know, send people there and we'll help the Deadland Guild push the border more west. Over okay. on the Arath side, Arath is, even though it's made up of Minotaurs, mostly Minotaurs, I used to say, it's a very peaceful country uh, or continent slash country. Uh, the Arath border, you know, they patrol it, but, you know, when they see a patrol from Arath, it's more of a, hey, how you doing? Oh, how you doing over on that side kind of thing. It's a very Midwestern over on the Arath border where, you know, they know each other. You know, they might even know the patrol, uh, the people in the patrols and names it's very friendly on the Arath border but you know just so they stay on their toes they still patrol it and even though they're friendly you know they could at a moment's notice turn on the border patrol of Arath alright uh, I guess we don't gotta get into uh, each one specifically cause if we sat here and broke down each one of these guilds it would be we'd probably do a whole nother podcast on it we'll probably do another hour doing each guild in particular you know yeah. but uh we don't have to do that uh i'll just add give you some general questions like does each guild have its own leader king or however they would do it uh yes though they they each one has their own different and it's all voted uh yandala has um what was his name reese He's uh, the the Yundala leader is the uh Luni is the or Luna is the only but that's the whole leader I think. Yeah, that's also what I was gonna ask is like the, you have this giant accord in the middle. Is that where all of these guilds go to argue? Yeah, argue or like what is what is the accord? Okay, so like uh, each guild has their uh, appointed leader. And then they make up a council, and then at the accord, there is a you know a voice of the council. So, say something needs to go through, like, hey, you guys are going to stop fighting. You're going to sign this peace treaty, and then we're going to push west. And if that happened, then the boar border is definitely getting pushed to the west into Itrix. But they can't ever agree on something, you know, where you know the council made up of the leaders of the guild argue disagree bicker yada yada and then lunai the leader or the voice of the council just can't get them to hold hands and be nice so the cord yeah is a place where they go they argue they flex their cool stuff that they've made or that they've tamed or just their fighters that's the shortest way i can answer that so too. uh does each guild like um Outside of Latoon, does each guild, like, handle... Do they actually, like, go up and talk to, like, governments of certain places? Like, would Yandala do business with 
the different empires and dynasties and stuff? Like, just by if itself? It... Yes, if it's in favor of Yandala, then they'll definitely go and ask, you know, Aben or King Stormstar from Aben or the Western Hordes, you know, if they can do this. And it's the same thing, even though Ador is not landlocked because they do have giant rivers by them, they can still send people out to try to help or get help to, you know, just, you know, there's little miniature battles within this entire jungle area of Ador versus Fallbreds or even Ador versus Ethereal or Ador versus Dunbreath or uh, Al Alrongla. You know, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of infighting, like I said, and like fall braids can do business with the wrath or they can do business with, uh, you know, the Bruborian mercenaries. Yeah, that's very interesting. I like that uh, dynamic of a bunch of different guilds. It seems like this this one, especially more than the other ones, this continent, Latoon, seems like it could be, you know, its own campaign like if you were to just scale this map up and have these as kingdoms themselves it feels like that it just feels like a little mini uh microchasm of a, of a campaign just all happening at once in here yeah i mean I, I made it a little bit like that on purpose just to you know if you guys wanted to do this i have stuff ready to go but i also didn't scale it up so you guys are here for 10 left what was that your mic cut out Uh oh, a little technical uh, difficulty here. Uh... So, uh, yeah, how about this? Uh, how about this uh, Latoon we're having uh, today? <laughs> um, until uh, Andrew fixes his mic, I'll tell you. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, guilds here, and each of them looks like they have multiple cities. Some, some of them more than others. Uh, they all come together. There's a giant uh, city in the middle called the Accord. That's what we were referencing. Um, what do you think, Reese? Uh, does this sound like something? I know your guy has been down here, so it's definitely something your PC would like to play around, but. Is this something you as a player, uh, it feels like uh, I've DM'd for you a few times and I always like, I always feel like you're big in, into intrigue, you're a big po politics guy. Uh, this seems like you like your cup of tea right here, like this seems like exactly what you want. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I guess. I think Horbus, my character in Arc 2, uh, probably is not as interested in and all the like infighting especially if he has to live i mean i don't think it probably interferes with your daily life if you live in latoon but i'm sure it does in like some capacities i suppose so i don't know as if he's he probably isn't that interested but i am as yeah a player. yeah as a player i am too and as my pc uh probably d could not care any less about guilds uh being a fucking hermit fucking druid from the middle of nowhere <laughs> Uh, it's just a transplant here but i'm very interested in seeing i'm hoping because Corey's guy might come down here i guess and have some fun uh jojo's guy might doesn't really fit in here i don't i don't see this being somewhere that our group hits so i'm really hoping now that the other group has some people that come down here or from here and they do a lot of stuff down here because i'm i think there's a lot of uh A lot of whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, outside of Yandala, my guy probably doesn't care a whole lot. Yeah. I don't think there's there's not much to Latoon. It's, it is what it is. It's a big jungle, couple rivers, a bunch of guilds. Uh, I think you would just have to kind of jump in and fi figure out what's going on there for yourself. So, uh, from Latoon, we can just, uh, skip up north and, uh, hit the border with Arath, which is the land of the Minotaurs. Yes, yeah, for, the, for the most part, you know, like, 
every place or every continent's got you know its mix of you know maybe five to eight percent of different races but most of these continents are made up besides latoon latoon's made up of everything under the sun but the other continents are mostly uh one race and that's what uh irath is made up of is mostly minotaurs i'm looking at at irath uh love the name glory horn amazing name for a town thank you just gonna throw that one out there uh So we got four <laughs> four big cities here. Here we got Steelpelt, Thunderbreaker Kingdom, Fistbreaker's Port, and Jagged Horn. Now is this uh is Irath all one kingdom? Is it ruled by one Minotaur? Or are all four of these different Minotaur rulers? Uh Steelpelt, Fistbreaker Port, and Jagged Horn are very much thinking we don't have to listen to Thunderbreaker Kingdom. But Thunderbreaker Kingdom in this situation swings the big sword. You know what I mean? So like Fistbreaker, Steel Pelt, and Jagged Horn all feel like they have their own leader and their self-appointed uh war not self-appointed, but appointed war chief. Same thing with this Fistbreaker and Steel Pelt. Steel Pelt's a little bit smarter, for instance. Uh Fistbreaker is seems like a stronger uh tribe. And then Jagged Horn does the most trade. But if there's a threat thunderbreaker kingdom that guy there he himself said he's the king and his name is uh what was it i forgot but there's a king there that he definitely if there's a threat he's the one to take care of it so i would say yes and no to your question like each you know place thinks they're ruling but when there's a problem thunderbreaker kingdom takes care of it so does uh, would that mean like Steel Pelt, Fistbreakers, and Jagged Horn? They have leaders as well, but the leaders are like subservient to Thunderbreaker. Yes and no. They quote, believe they don't quote need unquote. It, so. Yeah, quote unquote subservient. Yeah, yeah. You know they don't. They think they don't need them, but if there's a threat from ever from the Leonin, or if there's a threat from uh, you know, coastal invaders from Otis. Thunderbreaker is the one to answer, and then Dragonhorn's like, oh, they're going to take care of it, thank God. I feel like we're getting to uh, the side of the map uh, that is more wild, and like, I feel like there's more war and fighting going on over here. Yeah, definitely. Otis is uh, the, the problem. The Out of the maps I made, Otis is the problem child of the continents. And Otis makes Vebruin and Erath uh, very frequent visits just mm. with uh you know uh raiding and yes raiding and, and fighting yes uh, very much i don't want to be that guy but it also just lends itself there because otis i believe is uh orcs correct yep uh and minotaurs and uh Vebrun is the leonin uh those are just kind of more primal uh fighty fighty races <laughs> more races uh, that you just yeah. that you just envision having more fight in their culture and stuff like that yeah i would say that these guys are just as old as the denuga tribe like each of these three continents slash countries is they're less than two thousand years old so they're still very much in their uh youth of being a country and a continent you know, Thunderbreaker and Fistbreaker and Jaggedhorn, Steel Pelt were all their own individual cities until Thunderbreaker Kingdom, you know, proved mm-hmm. to be the prominent power in Erath. And so, yeah, they're still very fighty in between each other, too. Like, Fistbreaker will go over to Gloryhorn and raid. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah, they will. Uh, all right. Go, I'll go over the. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. There. I can't wait to come to Erath. There is a tiny town called Gloryhorn, and I. I'm glad that I'm from this part of the world almost. I'm actually pretty close to Glory Horn where my mine and JoJo's guys come from, so uh, maybe I'll make some Glory Horn jokes at some point in time. It's gonna happen. Yeah. And Steel Pelt, you know, goes to Jagged Horn, steals some stuff because Jagged Horn is a primary uh, trade of uh, Erath. And so they'll just steal some stuff. I mean, that wall that has, you know, Minotaurs can just jump that bitch almost. You'd think Jagged Horn would get a little bit smarter, but they're more worried about their trade. Mm. So, 
it's all it's not exactly like Latoon where there's a bunch of infighting and stuff, but there still is a little bit, just not as much as Latoon. Um What do you see, Reese? What do you think about what do you think here? Uh it looks like we this is we're getting to like mostly forest and prairie grassland type area. Uh just as, so we can keep our biomes straight for all the big biome fans out there uh yeah, not to be confused G. with uh big biodome fans out there love me some poly shore uh so we got some little towns here too are they are the little towns like just kind of mind their own business or are uh, they the just a, just as much in the mix on this continent as uh the big towns uh the tide is directly linked to thunderbreaker kingdom okay and in that, you know, it's something, if there's a threat from Leonins, from the Leonin Knights, is what they call themselves. If there's a threat, the Tide is the kid to run back and tell Dad, as in Thunderbreaker Kingdom, that something's coming. And then they'll try to hold off as much as they can. And then Gloryhorn is, they like to think of themselves, even though they're small, as the protectors of the border, when really... Like three regiments, four regiments of Leonin Knights could overrun Gloryhorn, no problem. Yeah, Gloryhorn, so like, not really a good stoppage, is what you're saying. It's more of a. It's a good place to run through for sure. Yeah, a good entrance. Uh, to. Yes. <laughs> oh God, we got to get off a raft. Fuck me. <laughs> and then, uh, Border Town is uh very uh they keep to themselves almost you know they send thunderbreaker and jagged horns reports if anything's happening with latoon but border town is almost in itself just like a miniature uh fiefdom where they mind their business unless you know leon and or vabron invades and then they help glory horn in the tide in the fight and not on the map but in vabron's map is a giant wall so where you see that red to the east of a wrath there should be a giant wall there i just forgot it when i was making the map oh, okay but there's a giant wall there and so they're protected from you know almost protected from the vabro and knights themselves because there's only two points where Erath, you know where there's yeah. possible or you can just try to go through the forest of Erath and you know good luck because that forest is fucking huge um we got st Steel Pelt in the north. It looks like they got a pretty fancy capital. Uh, yeah. We got uh, Jagged Horn in the south. Looks like they have like a capital built into a tree. Uh, and Fistbreaker's Port looks like a big uh, red capital there. I don't know uh, where I'm going with this. Uh, I was going to ask you, um, how do they like? Are are we getting to? I, I've been I've been envisioning up until this point everywhere we went, most people are living in like like towns like cities, uh, pretty yeah. modernized stuff. Are we uh, are we keeping with that? But I, I'm picturing these guys as like more brutal architects. Yeah, they're more uh, brutal. Um, definitely jagged horn. There there was a cool thing I found, and then I just uh, sort of copied them on. The map maker I used, but I expanded it and then did layers of it. And the tree, the tree house is definitely something uh, wild to the Minotaurs. But it's you know it's still very brutish in its make, and a lot of these houses have thatch roofing where it's hay or whatever the fuck they use to cover their roof. And it's the same thing at uh, Fistbreaker. Fistbreaker is very primal where they just have tents and you know the the instead of steel poles of what we know today in modern times it's just made of bones Ooh, like baby whether it's dead minotaur or dead enemies they nothing goes away except fistbreaker Holy i fuck. should say could you imagine building your house out of dead human bones that'd be hardcore as fuck or dead minotaur bones and you're like this is my best friend and yeah that's what i'm saying it. like i'm saying like modern day like oh my friend died at least i get a new fucking screen door out of the deal yeah, this is his spine as a handle. <laughs> what and the then fuck? Steel Pelt and Thunderbreaker. Thunderbreaker is made entirely of stone except for the uh the the 
the peasant or the poor uh, side of Thunderbreaker Kingdom is it's all steel. Like whoever came up with Thunderbreaker was like, we want to reinforce this. We want to get down. You know, and yep. be able to defend ourselves. Yep. And then Steel Pelt is starting to learn the ways of magic when when the campaign takes place. That's why you see a little bit more uh, Elven architecture. Yep. Maybe they. That's what I was gonna say. They, you use the same buildings from um, Itrix here, which yeah, well, they don't have uh, fancy Minotaur buildings on the map maker I use. So I just use the next coolest ones, and you know I'll describe them with flavor. Uh, instead of like the architecture you see from the elves, these are taller, like not as pretty, but still more refined than Fistbreaker Port made of bone and hide tents. Uh, Steel Pelt, there's, you know, as they expand, they're using more stone, maybe uh, uh, from the shores that they inhabit. They're using more rock to build and shape with magic their buildings. And the Nimble Strike by itself is just a monastery of uh, Minotaurs. Uh, yeah, monastery? Yeah, monastery. That's pretty fun. I think we're going to do another one about uh, gods and magic and stuff. Kind of rolled sure. into one because uh, you have uh, different gods than normal D&D. &D and we might get into, you know, the main ones and stuff like yeah. that. And then schools of magic, but... That's for another day. Uh, I wouldn't think uh, minotaurs. That's just that's just a very, very cool idea. How having minotaurs be really religious. You think they're more, like shamanistic, you know. Yeah. People just kind of getting their magic from the elements in the world itself instead of gods. Yeah. So I do enjoy the, uh, the trip away the from the uh, normal brute yeah. force of being a minotaur. Yeah. yeah. I get you. So this uh, Arath seems to be uh, interesting. I like I like uh, between this one and the last one. I was telling Reese, uh, I like the infighting. I like the politics. And Reese, uh, I know Reese as a player. I told him that I was like, I know Reese likes politics. The only problem is I don't think our PCs are gonna like politics. This one seems a lot more simpler politics. So maybe we will. Uh, yeah. If we come to this this side of the uh, ocean or sea or however it's uh, coming up, uh, what I was telling Grace was I hope the other groups come down here and it's gonna it'll be fun to listen to someone with some political intrigue, and especially down in Latoon, but even up here, I mean, you got the uh, four cities kind of uh, like you said they're not openly fucking warring with each other, which makes things I think even more exciting when you start doing the politics because. I mean, when you're warring with someone, you know exactly who the enemy who is. what is the threat, yeah. And when you're not, you don't. You don't know that. You're not sure. Which makes it, yeah. makes it more fun, in my opinion. I'm going to turn the table, and you ask me what I'm excited about. What are you excited about on Erath, besides the political structure and part of it? Um. And don't fucking say glory horn. Uh, I like to just go... No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say glory horn. <laughs> Uh, that monastery could be fun. Uh, me, are you, like me as a PC, I would really like to uh, come here and I would like to talk to the guys with the magic. Uh, that might be something fun. Uh, that tree, that big tree is fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my the favorite big, part. The big tree in Jagged Horn. Uh, just doing some research on that would be really cool. It might That might actually be something that my guy is into as a druid. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, those would be the things uh, I would be interested in here. Orbis just wants to find the guy that named Border Town Border Town. You're not gonna believe it. His name's Bob. Bob the Border. No, Bob. Uh, Bob Joe is his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's not canon. I'm I, hunting down I, Bob Joe. It's already recorded. I can cut out whatever Andrew says from here on out. Uh, so him saying it's not canon, that's getting cut, and we're hunting down Bob Joe. <laughs> All right, fuck me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, let's. Uh, anything? Anything you guys want to add to a wrath before we head? Head yeah, east? Yeah, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask him the same thing. I mean, I don't know if you're joking about uh, Border Town, Reese, but what's something that sticks out to you here? Not named Glory Horn or Border Town. Damn it! Damn it! 
Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> we're all five here. Uh, we're all males, so yeah. we're definitely immature when it comes to shit like this. So yeah, um, reason that something sticks out. I guess I'd say... Uh, I guess I don't know if this has any significance or not. But you did. You said they're the the main king is from the Thunderbreaker Kingdom, right? Yep. yep. I I just thought it was curious that one of the gates was open there, but I guess that might not necessarily mean anything. <laughs> Whoa! Reese is dissecting uh, the map. You're fucked I now. I think I was like, "Ooh, they're letting those guys in, but not the other guys." Oh. I think that was just a map mistake when I was yeah. making it, and I couldn't find something that was turned that way. And then I found something later, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck that." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nimble Strike uh, doesn't ri doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Glory Horn or Border Town, but that just looks like a nice little town. Looks almost like a little Jap Japanese temple. Yeah, it does actually kind of look like that. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a monastery, and that's as as far as I'll go to answering if that's a question or if it's just a statement and what you're interested in. It's a monastery of minotaurs and you know a couple other races. That would be fun. I would like I'd like to go to Nimble Strike and see what's going on there. I now they think about it, they're probably that's a bunch where, of chill people. That's where I want you guys to go. Besides the big tree house and Jagged Horn, Nimble Strike is probably my favorite place on the map. Despite making the map, I have favorites of everything. Naturally. Nimble Strike would be super cool for you guys to go and visit and just have fucking revelations for. Yeah. The tree house or nimble strike for sure. Alright. Let's head east. Head east. Head east to Vebrun. Here's the wall. Yeah, the iron wall. It was just on Vebrun's side. So Vebrun is a very long map. Yeah. A very it's... skinny long map. Uh, looks like mostly plains. We got a couple settlements. Uh, Golden Sea. There's a uh, there's a little inlet sea here. Which uh, has some rivers coming off it. And of course the Raj Mahal. Uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. We'll talk about... Uh, they got the Iron Gate. Or the Iron Wall you want to talk about. And it looks like they also have some forts or barracks or some something next yeah. to it. Uh, the Iron Wall is a order of knights called uh, the, Iron, the Order of Iron. And they're everyone who has a position of privilege or knighthood here is only Leonin. They won't let humans, they won't let, um, you know, especially orcs, they won't let orcs, they won't let minotaurs. Even if you're uh, a, a giant and you fully qualify for being in, in the order, they won't let you. They're uh, very prejudiced and uh, almost racist against other races because of how much they've had to defend from the orcs to the north. And so they don't trust other races to defend their country. And that's the that's the Iron Order. They are just a bunch of hard paladin fighter, some barbarian. If we're going by class, they're very much there. And the forts behind the Iron Wall are, it's just like a, a you know, if you work at the oil rigs, it's like a two week rotation, you know, two weeks on the wall, two weeks off in these forts if you want to go, or you can, go to golden sea or the raj mahal or uh you know anywhere you really want besides flint claw but that's what the iron wall is it's forts and made up of an order of you know variant fighters is the iron order and the iron wall also you have this uh castle fort yeah, down here that is the uh it's named Flint Claw, but that's because it is ruled by the Embermanes. The Embermanes didn't rename it, even mm -hmm. though the founders were Embermanes of the uh, Vebrun uh, country. The Embermanes live in Flint Claw because they're, uh, it's after their uh, literal claws. So, like, Leonin have claws, they're powerful people. But uh, the Embermanes noticed, besides their luscious, like, red mane, that they could start fires with their claws. Ooh. Which, you know, some uh, Leona can't do. They have to have a stick and stone or rub a couple sticks together. But uh, the Embermanes also have another trait of, like I said, they can start fires with their claws. So they called their castle the Flint Claw. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
I like it. that. I like that. Uh, we'll head north. There's uh, looks like mostly plains here. Yeah, a lot of plains, and I didn't put it in the map just because it was inconsequential. But there's a couple wandering tribes of Leona that have struck out on their own, maybe making their own pride and hopefully their own uh, settlement. Are they uh, like nomad, like just set up camp for a little while somewhere, follow the follow the food, maybe? Yeah. The food start moving north. They got to pick up their camp and fucking set it up wherever the food sets up. Yeah, I should do like a, a wandering tribe thing for sure, but I just wanted to establish what's here and yeah. what might not be here. So we got Golden Sea. Is that the name of the town or the sea? Yes. Sure. All so right, tell us go about Golden Sea. Golden Sea is their trading everything. Anything that comes into Vabrun goes through the Golden goes through the ports of Golden Sea and it's very regulated. Like even if it's a plus one magic sword, so in game, you know, the sword is shining iridescently or singing a, a tune of, you know, just pure, you know, melody, they will regulate it, identify it at, with magic users. And then if it's, you know, too powerful, then they box the item up, tell the traders that it can't come in the city and it can leave when they leave. And it's the same thing with the food. They test the food there with, uh, you know, uh, identify as well, just to see if it's poisonous or something like that. Golden Sea is the regulation and control of vapor. And that that's mainly what it is. It's it's uh, not militarized to the point of the two walls, but there's still a military presence in case you know a big uh, import comes through or a black market item is there. They're there to restrict and control it. Um, are they associated with the Raj Mahal? Uh, like they're is... associated with the Flint Claw and the Raj Mahal. Okay. So you know there is you so know does small... Golden, Golden Sea have like a mayor then? Nope, it's just all ruled by uh, Ember Main. Gotcha. There's no mayor, there's no leader in any other place besides maybe the wall. There's a lieutenant or a general that they answer to. I gotcha. Yeah. And uh, then to the east of that is Starfaller Lake, where one of our PCs is from. He's already our said PCs. it. He's a, he's a druid. Two of our PCs. So two the of druids. Our PCs. Uh, lives at Starfaller Lake. Whether, you know, it's up it's gonna be up to you, Austin, where you're really from around Starfaller Lake. But this is where one of the PC finds another PC in a, a very uh red crystalline shell of you know yep. where he was and went back and nursed him to help. That's yep. about the only interesting about Starfaller Lake. Yep. Besides uh when it's bare night it looks like there's stars in the lake. And uh, Raj Mahali, Raj Mahal, uh, is that what's what do we got going on up here at the Raj Mahal? So I didn't do this to make fun of any religions or anything like that. So naturally, don't don't come at me. The Raj Mahal is just a pure party town. Oh, another one. Usually yeah, you just like... keep the, keep the party in one spot, but I'm glad we have two. Nope, this is sun up to sun to sun up to sun up. <laughs> Twenty four, uh, let's go. It's just partying, you know. There's a you know a couple important places here. There's the main temple of worship, which is uh, they believe in the god of uh, Thaldor and uh, Retdez. No, not Retdez. Uh, I I forgot. There's a god, another god here that they believe in. It's the god of strength. His we'll name is. That. We'll get into that. Yeah. But that's just uh, the the other important part of the Raj Mahal is, despite it being party, 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 twenty four seven. It's also a little bit religious. Hmm. Interesting. Seems kind of yeah. counterintuitive, but a little bit. Not really. I guess there's gods of parties and stuff. Gods of wine. Sure. Those guys probably hey. party fucking hard. The Ra the Raj Mahal may be one of the easiest places to break laws and get away with it as well mm -hmm. just because there's just so much background going on this is the place if you need to kill somebody take them here no one will ever see it no one will ever notice it almost write that down write that down write that down write that down <laughs> uh and the lake uh to the north of the Raj Mahal 
Lake of Life. It was deemed by one of the first priests of Abrun because here's where they kind of were as a tribe starting. And, you know, Embermane, the first Embermane was there. Uh, one of the first, um, you know, some of the first uh, important families were there as males. And, you know, they started their prides and everything like that because one of the PCs is uh, from here as well. Like, actually from here, I should say. And she is a Leonin, and her name is Ironclaw. So there's been different families that come and are important in Vaybrun, and Ironclaw is one of them. The Embermains are as well, and I've got a couple others, but I'm not going to tell them. I'm just going to let you guys find them. And so the Lake of Life was almost where the Leonins started, and then they made their way south and established themselves as a powerhouse of country and so you know where they're from where they started the lake of life it supplied them with food water you know various other things do these uh do these kingdoms did i i don't know if i already asked this do they trade like they trade they're like they're, the world trades with each other no problem like there's no bad blood between like leonin and drow or leon like everyone trades with anyone everyone within this the sea that we're on uh they don't know it but yeah so like aben is the main importer and exporter of goods because it's smack dab in the center so like the golden sea isn't going to ship directly to uh Brubor because that's a long trip like just uh square grid wise how i put it that's gonna take like a that's, long time yeah. to get to so they just you know, ship everything to Aben, sell their stuff there. And then, you know, uh, Brewboar might need to put in an order for something that's in um, Vaybruin. And then, you know, the, the the supplier says, oh, well, you know, we just got that, put it over there to go to Brewboar. And so, yes, the hemisphere trades with each other. They just don't know it. Except mm. for if you order from the forge. The forge will go to the Zoldry docks and they have ships there and then they'll directly uh take that ship to the golden sea you know with the manuscript of orders and say this was ordered here you go the forge is the only place that does that because the forge uh highly values their uh wares so you don't know who you're trading with when you ship your stuff to aben the only place you know that you're absolutely trading with is the forge Gotcha. That probably makes, uh, probably makes Aven the most po I mean, definitely like the most powerful fucking continent. If you yeah, control, if you control all the goods and service and trade and stuff, you control a lot, a lot of stuff without yeah, and, having the biggest military and shit. Yeah. And that's why, uh, in the poster we are having made, I'm doing a certain something on the poster. Nice. Maybe we'll give out posters to people couple of them yeah uh reese anything you wanna anything you wanna know about this place i'll start making stuff up i'm from here i've been here a long time there's a lot of grass and a lot of animals and some water is vabrin the most uh like wild con continent not even close but what would be what would you say is otis oh true we haven't gotten to otis and i've looked at the map of otis and there's definitely yeah, something I, I have a lot more, yeah yeah <laughs> so uh anything else you guys want to add to vaybrun before we head uh, to our yes. last one uh i answered i said a lot about the iron wall in the order of iron and the metal clod to the north fends off anything from otis they haven't let an attack through ever and that's just attesting to how strong, again, this is another order of Abrilin, Order of the Metal Claw. And it's a little, you know, catchy. Because their wall is called the Metal Claw. They're the Order of Metal Claw. And this is where uh, a PC from Group 2 is. Mm. is. He's from the Metal Claw wall and from the Order, and he left. But that's all I'm going to give out about that. But the Metal Claw has never let through an invasion force ever. 
Interesting. That's that's pretty cool to me because it just attests to the strength of the order. Yeah. Here. Kind of all I got for uh, Vaybrun, unless you guys got questions about it. Uh, I, don't I don't think, think there's good. many. Yeah. This one's a pretty, pretty barren comment. Not a lot going on here. That's all yeah. I thought there is, but there isn't at the same time. And then maybe in arc 10 or 12 or 15 or however long we do this, this is a hugely populated continent. I have no idea yet. Last but not least, Otis. Otis, the problem child. The problem child of the continents. Uh, landscape looks uh, barren, to say the least. Yeah, pretty fucking bleak. Uh, I didn't put snow on here because I totally forgot that this bitch was in the north, but there should be snow up around the Wrathful and a little bit in the Putrid. Okay. Uh, is and, this all like deserty, barren? Is this actually barren? Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted to make it. These orcs just knew no bounds of resourcefulness or anything, and you know they, you know they'll let some like brush grow maybe grass but like tree wise these guys are almost fucked to the point of needing magic for something that would could do just fine wow yeah these orcs are like i said the problem child yeah it looks like we got quite a few three six nine twelve fifteen ish is it all one orc tribe or is there just a shit ton of little orc tribes yes and no uh this is this is the the otis is super easy to explain so up by the wrathful is where the women and youth and elder live of this uh continent like a lot like you know even if someone in the glorious uh gets pregnant they go up to the wrathful give birth and rear the child a little bit and you know who survives there then goes to the putrid and it's almost like a a coming of age survival again it's almost 300 ish in its design is you don't want the weak to go to the glories or go to the wall and so the putrid and the warped are a little bit combined where the putrid's like you know the wrathful's maybe up until like age five or six of being an orc and then the putrid is a little bit older and then the warped is where you really prove your teeth as an orc you know you generally live by yourself unless you absolutely need something in the warped but right here in the warped is where everything goes down where you prove yourself to be part of the glories like you kill packs of wolves by yourselves or you take down a monster that manifests there and then you know you prove yourself for a while and then you take your trophy to the glories and you ask to be made one of the glories which is the invasion force that constantly tries to push against the metal claw. I really like that. I really like how much structure there is and how it fits into each other like that. Yeah, I didn't even make it like that, but the more I thought about it, I was like, why would the Elder be down by the Glories, where the Glories just constantly fight and die and heal themselves and try again tomorrow? It would make no sense to do that or have their children down there so then when i was thinking about it i was like this would be kind of cool yeah i really do enjoy how there's a there's a pretty coherent story throughout the continent itself yeah it's almost rinse and repeat though you know like someone you know they're down in the glories and you know they killed 30 leonin so they throw a party and then someone gets pregnant and then they go to the wrathful and then you know the mom after five or six years goes back to the glories that she still got it and the kid proves himself and you know the mom could go to the glories and die a year later after she leaves but the 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 youth and the putrid and the warped they won't know that until they're able to join the glories which is just another morbid part of stuff that's you know left unsaid in just areas stuff like that happens all the time especially being part of the glories your parent could die and then you won't know for like eight to ten years and then you get there and you're like where's my mom she was alive last time and they're you know they're orcs so they there's very little sympathy you know they're just like oh she's dead and then the youth is like what the fuck 
and then you know maybe just goes berserk and kills a bunch of leonin and has a famous name or dies it's just a lot of rinse and repeat on otis Reese, you said you had some questions. I'm pretty sure I know what they're about. You can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to get right to it, man. What is the uh, giant thing in the middle of the map there? Are we, do we get to know that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the general knowledge document that I've typed up. And I'm finishing them as, not as we speak, but as the weeks go by. This giant skeleton is the last known titan in quotes to die so one of the last biggest giants in Dresaria was killed by the putrid and warped here and he was exceptionally large bigger than most giants because his skull takes up a good part of the map so does his blade his blade takes up quite a bit of space and same thing with the the, the bones of his hands that are being covered by sand and time slowly this is the last great beast that was known in Dresaria to die. For anyone not looking at the map at, at home, he is uh, literally massive. Like his hands are as big as these settlements. Yeah, his head is probably a few, yeah, miles, miles high. This, this thing was, this thing was enormous. Yeah, and, the, and that's a folk tale is that the putrid in the warped slayed this. And then there was a huge influx of glories and so there's this huge barren space while the giant died between the putrid and the warped. And so there really wasn't anything. There's a bunch of glories and, you know, that was one of the fiercest battles in myth and legend between the glories and the order of the metal claw. It was, uh, theatrically, I'm picturing it and I'm just gushing over how bloody and conflict it was. And it lasted for, you know, years because there was so many from coming from the putrid and warped over to the glories that it was just... It was almost too much, but the order still held held fast and preserved. They all just leveled up off the Titan XP. They all shared it. Yeah. How do you split 100,000 <laughs> XP between, or even maybe a million XP if we're talking raw? You know, how do you split a Titan in between however many was in the Thousands Putrid and the Warped people, at the yeah. time? Yeah. <laughs> But that's what the Titan is, or that's what the skull is, Reese, in the hands. Yeah. I feel like this is the this is the one place that is uh, this is uh, like I feel like all the other uh, continents we've been about have been uh, the like connected to each other at least, and I feel like this one is like no one talks to this these people. No, very like, I little. Feel like, the only time these people leave are to fight. Sometimes they still have to get a little bit of trade in. And so then they'll play the nice guy when they have to. But generally speaking, yes, these people of Otis are very raw and primal. Hmm. There's a couple shaman spellcasters that I would say top out at like being an elder, like maybe level six or seven. But that's just because they've lived for so long they have more experience but generally speaking it's a very raw and brutal place it's very very contrast we have a good contrast of places to go you know between here and uh latoon which is just feels like all society and all jungle and then you got you know the island in the middle is fucking about like a mixing pot of every i feel like you you did a good job burying you know place to place each, each place feels like its own continent for sure yeah and you know if it's like uh it's like brewbor it's like a tricks it's like aben you could spend the entire campaign on one continent if you're not contracted by a brewbor you know, to go to Itrix and then go to Aben, yada yada. That's an example, not an actual yeah. quest, but you know what I mean. Time, you could, you could, <laughs> you could spend <laughs> anywhere on one of these maps for you know the entire campaign, whether it laps, wraps up at level ten, level fifteen, or level twenty into high magics. There's definitely room for uh, everything. 
and that's what I tried to do. I got a lot of inspiration from a lot of different sources. There's and, a uh, there's a question we can do for this world. Uh, how how high a magic is this world? Pretty high. Um, we're gonna do a cover of what happened before because we played an entire campaign before that JoJo and Reese didn't get to part of, unfortunately. But there's a lot of answers there in it. Where uh, you know the play the PCs became dragon riders, so you can only imagine how much magic is actually in this world versus what the players can do at a certain time. But I would say very high magic in some places and then very low magic in other places like an example is otis there's not very many magic users here there's like i said there's it's a very brutal place you don't survive to be old for very uh for most cases but then you go to brew boar where an elf can live up to like however fucking long the book says or what i say you know say it's 1500 years they're going to be very good at their magic and you know they might have more magic users over in brew boar than is in uh otis yeah you know it's just it's varying degrees of levels of magic wherever you're at so i would say it's be a high magic campaign yeah overall uh what uh what area are you looking forward to the most race out of all these all seven now we'll put all seven together what area? Say, uh, if we're gonna die on any continent, it's definitely, definitely gonna be Otis. Definitely Otis. Like if I now, well, I don't know. Aven, <laughs> I'm still on Aven because we're gonna talk to people. But if we get to Otis, it feels like this is going to be the harshest place to be for sure. And that is why I'm also picking it as the one I'm most excited for. Ooh, okay. I, I, eh, I'm actually kind of with you there. It seems like a pretty fun place to be. Like, uh, as brutal as it may be, it feels like if I was a PC and I was wandering around, I, I wouldn't be. I, I mean, it'd be hard, but uh, yeah, like stronger. So yeah, there's a lot going on there's here. A lot of stuff that can definitely kill you there. I'm sure. So yeah. It may be, uh, yeah, it may be real fun to be there as a one player. One thing as a DM that I'll give everyone just because it makes you guys think as players and as characters and as audience listeners, in each section of Otis, the Raffle, the Putrid, the Warped, and the Glories, there is one particular badass that you don't want as your enemy. This is someone that I've uh, rolled up and made, and that's what i'm excited for with otis for you guys if you run into them again it's going to be up to dice on my part if you guys do or if you guys just straight up march into someone's camp then you know they might be there with an increased chance but there's four like general badasses in you know one in each section of otis that you can run into and definitely don't want to get on their bad side hmm. write that down write that down write that down you can put that one down uh, which one of the seven are you, uh, most excited to DM, Andrew, if we were to get to wherever? If you guys could get to wherever, let me pull up the map just cause. Like I said, as a player, Latoon seems like I would have a lot of fun there. As a PC, I don't see any reason that my druid would want to be there. Uh... Instead of areas, I think I'm going to do an area that I'm most excited for each PC to be in. Okay, that's, yeah, because, absolutely. Uh, PC, I can't wait for Horbus and Crater Lake. Okay. I think that'll be a fun moment for uh, you guys as player or as characters. Uh, for Beck, I can't wait until he gets to the False Marsh, if he gets there. Mm. And then... Uh, uh, Belks, uh, the Drow, the same thing. I can't wait for him to get to Itrix and besides just leave like he does in his backstory, I can't wait till he gets there. You know what I mean? Like, is there for an extended amount of time. Just Itrix and 
whatever is going on with Corey's character, I I can't wait because I have uh, something special for him. And then for um, uh, Ook, Jojo's character, I really, really want to see him go to Otis. Mm. Just in now general. You, now that you mention that, I do too. I, I can't. Oof. Oh, buddy. Uh, if it happens, each one would be just, you know, super cool to listen to DM and be part of the viewer experience. I think that's going to... I got one more question. All right. I got, I got one more answer. Uh, out of all the continents, which one, regardless of what we have or haven't talked about, which one is going to have the most secret? Ooh. I feel Blue like Latoon is up there. Blue Boar, for sure. Ooh. Blue Boar and then Latoon is a close second. But Brewboar definitely has uh, the most buried past to say. Interesting. Interesting. I'm glad you really fleshed out pasts too. I like. Yeah. I fuck. like that this world is going to be. I think it's going to be really fun to play in this world. And yeah. I and... hope. I hope these last two episodes have really brought in our viewers like a little bit more into the worlds. And these next couple episodes, when we talk about you know the gods or something like that and then we'll talk about our pcs and shit i hope it gets those guys as excited as we are to play on this because i am i am excited to start this campaign yeah with drew board by itself we've had you know we've played this campaign of lapeth for about a year close like 11 months yep 10 months and then before that we were gonna kick off this campaign we're we're geographically covering right now and since I've had 10 months or nine months or close to a year uh, to expand upon it, there's just so much to flesh out that I could flesh out that would definitely, you know, almost happen guaranteed because of your guys' characters that, you know, Brewboar with Corey's character being from Brewboar, I was like, I need to nail this. Yeah. I can't sit here and struggle with an answer. And you guys are like sitting at the table. The viewers are listening to dead yep. air. I was like, I need to flesh this out. Same thing with Aben and, you know, with Beck's backstory about him being a, a druid and his tribe. I needed to flesh, you know, parts of each continent out where, you know, Beck could have answers or need to go to answers and stuff like that. And then Ook. Ook is probably my favorite one because I can, you know, you know. Uh, you can drag Joe and drop some stuff. In you know, almost anywhere for Ook. Yeah, Jojo gave me a blank slate of a character, and I was like, I fucking, yeah, let's do this. This is sick. So I very much have fleshed out uh, stuff for every character. And with Brewboar, especially because of all the families and all the strings, Brewboar has uh, 16 pages of shit that I've typed out. Woo. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff Woo. for uh, Brewboar by nice. itself. And then, you know, maybe a little bit less for, you know, Otis, because Otis was very easy to just cut and dry make. Like, this is how it is on Otis. It's a very brutal place. And then Latoon, you know, has uh, 12 pages of stuff that I've had to type out. Mm -hmm. You know, so each place is very fleshed out over the last couple months that I've been able to do since we had to, since we couldn't do this because of COVID. And I'm excited. I am too. So yeah, Are you excited, Reese? Yeah, buddy. Like I said, I, I texted you guys the other day, and I was like, I wish we were playing an Arc 2 tomorrow already, just because yeah. of how pumped everyone's getting for it. Yeah. Alright. I think with that, we'll wrap up our uh, Continent Overviews episodes. Uh, Two-parter. Uh, next week, we'll see We'll brainstorm some stuff. We'll see where everyone's at. Uh, maybe we'll give you some more background info. Maybe we'll start some PC introductions. And uh, it might even be... Oh, well, the next week when this comes out, it will be Christmas. We are going to take two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's. Just because they fall on a Saturday this year. And we record on Saturdays. So it just doesn't really make sense for us to do that so 
Yeah, I mean, if I went and told my wife, like, hey, I got to record on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, sorry. Like, oh, yeah, no. We'll open. Yeah, no. Uh, actually, you don't. <laughs> um, so we'll be taking a couple weeks off there, and we'll probably get back to the finale the first week of January for Lepeth. And then we'll be releasing some more episodes, introducing PCs and stuff like that. And then I guess we'll shoot probably end of January, beginning of February. Ish. We'll be on the continent, level one characters, ready to fucking rock and roll around here. Yeah. And uh teaser for uh, people or listeners, listen for new voices about a month after this campaign starts. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will have, uh, like I said in the last one, we're going to try to have two groups running around this place at the same time. We're going to see how it works. Hopefully it works out with everyone's scheduling and stuff. Uh, if not, we might hear the first group more than once, second group more than the other. You know, we'll f- it's a learning curve. We just started podcasting less than a year ago, so we'll figure it out. Um, remember, all these maps are at rollfordamage.squarespace.com. Go over there, check it out. Tell, talk to us on Twitter, roll underscore the number four underscore damage. Talk to us on Instagram at DMing crew of R4D. Uh, talk to us on Facebook. Just search Roll 4 Damage. And let us know. Let us know which one of these sounds the most fun. Let us know if you want any more information on these. If you were wondering something that we didn't ask as a question, just tell us and we'll get back to you. We'll ask Andrew and we'll flesh this out even more for you, you know? Just hit us up. Until then, uh, I think that'll be it for us. Yeah. Bye. Have a good one.